welcome to the premiere episode of Gear and Beer with the illustrious Jerry Boo Massey of Vicksburg, Mississippi. Now of Arizona. Honored to be here, sir. Um, I couldn't think of a better person to start this thing that I wanted to do for a long time, and I've been talking to you uh, yeah. for at least a year about wanting to do something like this. But I couldn't think of a better person to start with than you. Uh, you are responsible for uh, many ruined gigs uh, for other people <laughs> when I showed up and you didn't. And That sentence could have went anywhere. I know. You have ruined many gigs. You've ruined so <laughs> many gigs for me. Um, uh, no, you've, you've made all my gigs better. But uh, well, thank you. anytime, and it doesn't, this never happens, but when I have been complimented upon my tone uh, i think anyone that's ever said that to me could say that i immediately say i owe it all to boo massey <laughs> awesome. those years we spent at cowboys with your guitar in my ear as i played the bass had a lot to do with uh if i sound good now and that's certainly still up for debate um well you have you sound good and you have surpassed my meeble skills so meeble are you kidding me? Did you hear this guy? <laughs> uh, we got Lyndon McCarty over here, engineering. Lyndon, uh, Lyndon McCarty on Guitarty over there, twisting and tweaking. Guitarty. Yeah. Oh, Guitarty. That's that's for sure what we're going to call him. Hashtag. Um, young Guitarty. Um, <laughs> so this is uh, obviously a podcast called Gear and Beer. It's not only about gear. It's not only about beer. We are drinking beer. We will continue to drink beer, uh, as consenting adults will do. Responsibly. Responsibly, of course. No one's driving. Uh, we're, however, all going to get on motorcycles. Um, yeah. But you ride those. That's not driving. Smash mailboxes. Yeah. That's yeah. We just no wrote a song up with a line that was, uh, uh, somewhere there's a yard with a Louisville slugger-sized mailbox scar. <laughs> Man, Gwen and Dan wrote a song with that line. Um, no, so you brought with you this guitar that you've been playing while we set this thing up, and um, I had no plans to talk about this guitar, but I would like for you to talk a little bit about that guitar that you were playing. Oh, the Jazz Master. Yes, it's. I don't have a Jazz Master. I wish that I did. I'm a new convert. I mean, I'd say new. I'd say within the last four or five years, a new convert to the Jazz Master. Yes, yeah, since you've been playing with Miranda. Can I say that, that you play yeah, with Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, I, it was never something I needed or even wanted. And then there was some some kind of floaty stuff, trim stuff that I didn't have. And I, my strats don't really do that kind of thing. Right, I usually right. keep them locked down. And you sold your Jacksons years ago. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, on a whim, I was like, let's try. I was either going to try a Gretsch or a Jazzmaster. So I tried the Jazzmaster. And man, I just fell in love, and I was like, "Why haven't I? Why have Pick I never up. owned the, a jazz master before?" It's just a beautiful guitar, and you were saying that this is like the the electronics stripped down version. Yeah, this is the I believe it's called the American Pro series. So it doesn't have the you got sound if you want it. the switches up here. Okay, which normally has another. I'm not even sure what the electronics I was about do. To say, what do they even do? I Does anyone know. actually know? I'm not sure they do. To me, it makes it darker. Okay. But it honestly makes it more jazzy, if you if okay. if you will. Always kind of used it for to flip it up, like a, if I had a fuzz or something like that. Okay. I'd keep this a little bit darker to where like a fuzz would react yeah. good, and just flip this up, kick Helps on the fuzz, track better, or whatever. Yeah. But man, honestly, I think they have more sonic range than just about any guitar I've ever played. More I mean, so than a Tele. More so than or an a Tele. SG. They have I think they have more bottom and more top than a Tele, in my opinion. More top. More top and more bottom. So you, you kinda have to play with the tone control a lot. You can't just like a you know a So this is just a three way then. This right here is set up like yeah, just a three way. Just like a Tele. Are they out of phase? No. Okay. So it's, this is just like a Tele, and these aren't P90s. These are Jazzmaster pickups. Right. I used I don't to know think the they were. Is. They look the same. I used to think they were P90s, they're but they're not P90s. They're they're a much brighter, bigger spectrum P90. 
like many things regarding tone, I once thought one way until you told me it was yet a different way. <laughs> and I'm still learning. Like I said, this is a new guitar to me, and I'm in love with this. Do we turn the volume off? Is your volume? Oh, no. Okay. Got a little trim going. Little trim and slap. Let's turn these pedals off. Like a really clear low end bell. Yeah. Like Lyndon was saying earlier, almost hi fi, you know? Well, I, and as you well know, this matchless 212 cabinet's got some of the best low end too yeah so you can actually hear when it has a good low end like that whereas in my experience plugging into fender amps they just even if they have the big low end have that like that extra little bit of yeah uh, as my friend Wes stevenson would say extra bit of booty to it <laughs> gotta have booty in your cabinets am i right am indeed I right? although i have Within the last three, four years, started moving away from like the giant low end woofy sounds that I used to strive for. You know what I mean? Like and, maybe sounds like uh, that that work in a on a club stage with no in ears, as opposed to something bigger in an arena or just an in ear situation. Yeah, it's like I, I need a more focused, much more mids, like more direct sound. Well, and that brings up another thing that i wanted to ask you about so we we talked recently that you you changed your rig for this tour and it gave you a more focused sound oh, definitely, so yeah. you're you're using uh was it a 62 tweed 59 tweed 59 tweed that's the one that we uh, that you got it uh what's it called that one day and we went found it in the closet or whatever yeah uh carter's carter yeah. no, was it carter or was it groom Oh, it was Grunz. It yeah, was Grunz. Yeah, yeah. When we went to Carter's and no, yeah, we were at Carter yeah. all day, and then we went to yeah. Grunz. And you're like, oh, well, this, this one's better. Yeah, what's yeah. this? Well, I, I have that one, but I'm I'm actually using the Tyler, the amp company Tyler. Oh yeah, he made me a, a replica, so I have a Tyler Tweed and a Tyler Princeton. Instead oh, of bring, they're both, so they're both Tyler. Yeah, so instead of bringing out two vintage amps that may or may not work after getting banged around yeah, yeah, by not be as reliable yeah wear and tear and they are as close to vintage as i've ever played so i'm really happy well based on the board tapes that uh you didn't let me listen to earlier <laughs> um they, they really sound great <laughs> and yeah um, i just told you how good they sounded that's true can you believe me i do um i take your word for it like many other things i i own this amp uh, because of you. One of the best amps ever made in, in history. In I've, my opinion. I've never found something that I like as much if I had to pick one amp to do everything. Yeah. Now, it doesn't quite get the scream from this thing. It doesn't necessarily do the, doesn't the, do the, Fender the thing, American yeah. sound quite like that. I can get close. I feel like I can get close. It's definitely its own thing. But, um, but you can tell that the, the hours... That were spent, like the research and development of totally. getting this to, it sits in the mix perfectly, you know. Absolutely, it I, absolutely does. You know what I mean? And, like, and it's not like there was stage time involved with designing that amp. You can tell that. So do you know? And I don't know. We're but, talking about the Matchless C30 yeah, for the people C, who aren't C30. Anybody this. that's not a gearhead, it's uh, honestly worth more than my car um, to me. I. Could use any other car. I, I don't think I could ever get another. I've never played an amp that that does what that amp does. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Uh, maybe I'd eventually have figured it out. But you're the first and one of the only people that I've ever seen in like any of the working circles that that, that we've been in uh, that that use one. There's another guy here, Mike Sutterfield, that uh, here in Nashville. Uh, Mike Sutterfield that plays one and he does something that's different than anybody that I've seen. And he's got a, uh, he's got an EV speaker that's rated at 200 Watts. Uh, yeah. Cause he says that the only way, and this is his hypothesis. I don't, I don't know that, uh, 
The sound of a Matchelson EV frightens me. Already. Well, he's he just says that <laughs> anything, any amp that's low wattage goes into a high wattage speaker sounds better, or vice versa. Like a hundred watts, he wants to put it into for uh, twenty five watt green yeah, lights or something. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I kind of see what he's saying. Yeah. So and I've not done the research, um, but he sounds real good. He plays a three thirty five a lot yeah. of the time, but I've heard him play strats i've heard him play tellies i've heard him play les pauls and he just yeah that amp every guitar likes that amp not every pedal likes that amp yeah it's that's true. pretty it's pretty discerning one thing that i think that i noticed is that quality shows up yeah or lack of quality shows up like uh, that's true yeah if you got a, a crappy guitar with a... like pickups that maybe just aren't quite cutting it but through something that doesn't have the the top and the bottom like this yeah. does, like that doesn't show up. Because let's hear those... some uh, some. Let's hear some pedals through that amp. Let's do hear some pedals through that amp. Play something. There's clean. So hey, you well, got first a chime one, here's on the, there. Here's the brightness. We do have a chime. Okay. Here's the brightness of the Jazzmaster. Everything all the way up. I don't know if it's coming through, but that's a super bright, super bright, bright. I'm giving us thing. a little more. So typically, I wouldn't. You know, I don't need, I've never needed that much brightness. Right. I'm usually starting like, like down there somewhere. And even with that tone halfway down, I'm still, I'm still plenty bright. That is very bright. <laughs> That's very bright. There's a literal case in front of this. So this is straight in right now. Yeah, that's okay. straight in. We've got a we've got a what is it a greenback 410 uh, yeah. with uh, so we're, from the ox yeah modeling. we're monitoring through the ox uh, mm-hmm. for the audio and it is a greenback 410 with a a 421 and um, we've got a 421 and a ribbon 160 on here okay yeah so yeah those are those are both relatively uh, centered actually the ribbon 160 is off axis. We've got a we've got a uh, a shelf on that one as well. First of all, the ox. If we could talk about that, that's it's one of the best pieces of gear to come out in t- a good ten years. Changed the game. Completely totally. changed my game. Changes changes everyone's game that's gotten the opportunity to play one. Now, um, as so many things gear uh, often are, there's certainly you know you can't just buy a couple i mean it's gonna gonna cost a little bit of money but even if you don't ever take it out of your house if you're doing any kind of tracking at all or you play uh like a a church gig where stage volume or something isn't an option like that i i take it to church and i i use it to track here all the time i take it to sessions i use it we almost never mic cabinets anymore because it why why would you why you don't need to you don't have to have all that room bleed uh, because that sounds so realistic. And I'm hesitant to do stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm super like I I have completely shunned things like Kempers and Axe Effects and things like. I'm, I'm not bad mouth. I know they work. They great. They, they, they sound, sound great important. tracking, but they don't. F- and then like it, they just they sound good. I think, but yeah. it, the fee it's feel a feel thing for me. Yeah, it's a response thing. Well, totally. Well, it's like. I'm getting to play my amps when I play these. Exactly. And they still feel like my amps. Exactly. They always feel like my amps. And they, yeah, they respond like your amps. They, f- yeah. they feel like just an, an amp, period. I didn't think like I was, I didn't feel like I was playing a new rig when I added this. Right. And another thing people don't know is like, I can still use my cabinet at full volume. Totally. Unaffected by the volume. axe effects yeah. if I want to. And the attenuation. Uh, thing Exa- yeah exactly yeah, i mean you like can... right now we're at 10 yet we're at uh we're at three uh from zero to five yep. um i turned it up just a second ago just yeah. so you know just 
Yeah, what a great! That's a great piece of gear. It's like, it's super good. And our sound I need man, another one. Holler at your boy, UA. Our sound men have uh, they they absolutely love it. And you're running stereo aux, right? I, I run two of them, which I, I was hoping that it would run two amps, but it doesn't run two. Yeah, amps. I also I'm sure that might be that. something that happens one day. Like you can get one that will run stereo but yeah if you want to run stereo that's gotta be the next move for this gotta have to have two of them they've got such good hardware and software their plugs sound really good i i don't i don't use any of their plugs i don't use their interface and i don't use their DAW. but yeah i have recorded uh with all and they all sound very good um i would yeah i i can't imagine I can't imagine how that affected sales of stuff like Kempers. I almost feel like I stopped hearing about it after they came out with that. Oh, I know, yeah. I know, I dudes are so, still yeah. using them. I, I saw yeah, yeah. one just this week. Somebody I, I, I still one have some time. friends that are converts, so they'll, they'll never go back. You know, they got their they got their rig. They're completely happy, and, yeah. I, and you know, I, I can see why I'm fine with that. But it's just just not my thing, right? It, yeah, I mean, it, I, I agree. Um, I think Th- this is as close as I'll go to that world. As I'll ever go, you know what I mean. I, I feel, I feel you. I, as far I as the modeling world, purist, yeah. and it doesn't feel like modeling to me. I still feel like I'm cranked through old tube amps. Uh, yeah, well, again, I, th- I think it comes. To, I come for me. It comes down to how it feels and yeah. just not not losing because for me, feel is sound is feel. So like, if it feels right the sound that comes with that is way I, the way I expect it to respond. And if sound doesn't sound like I want it to sound, it causes all kinds of problems in my playing. Yeah. If you don't hear something right, you, you attack differently, which changes the sound. And then you're going in the circle of of chasing your tail. Downward spiral. Man, 100%. That's awesome. So another thing, uh, that I wanted to ask you about that rig is, uh, I know you've been changing your board a little bit. What what have you added to your board for this year's touring? Well, or for this, we're still not at, at full tour yet, so the board sure, the sure. board's kind of like in a little bit of flux, a process. Yeah, it's in a little flux. It's in the process of getting an overhaul. <laughs> I mean, because I honestly don't use that much, but I do find myself tap dancing quite a bit, and like. You know, we tour a lot with different artists. I know everybody's got kind of the the mastermind type pedals mm-hmm. to where they're they have their set list, and they can just kind of get the little hit the next button or whatever. Hit the next button changes all their pedals. So that's what I'm going through now. I'm gonna get one of those. I think it's RJM Masterminds. Mastermind PC. Yeah, I think yeah. So that, I think that's what I'm gonna go with for this next tour. I'm gonna get an H9 to kind of add some different different things. First of all, well, basically, Tom Bukovec said that's one of the best pedals ever. So whatever he says, yeah, I will do. He's a uh, he's the Don. <laughs> Been one of my heroes for years. So. He's everybody's hero. That's the, uh, you know, that's not you. I, I was <laughs> honestly kind of sad to start sharing them with the world, although I've really enjoyed the homeschooling and the Corona. Totally. I was like, oh, I thought I was the only one that knew about Tom Bukovec. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think all students of the craft, you 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 can't care about uh, session playing from Nashville yeah. and not know about Tom Bukovac. That's true. Uh, I say that, but you know, but yeah, anyway, and crazier things slip through the cracks. That and I was actually I was going to maybe add a reverb. Actually, speaking of UA, their new. Oh yeah, you were saying their, they've got pedals. Their pedal lineup. I think they have a. a I know they have a reverb, a delay, and I think it's a modulation is the other one. The it's reverb... Like, pe- is it like trims and choruses? I, I'm not sure about the modulation copy. one. But I know the the reverb one was the videos I've been been rabbit-holing on, and they're honestly the best-sounding pedal reverbs I've ever heard, like by a mile. Like, well, I can't believe how good they sound. As you can see, there is no reverb on this board, and there is no reverb on this amp. Um, when I play okay. this, when I play, this is your amp, um, but, uh, that's a fantastic amp. It is a fantastic well. amp and I'm thankful that you let me use it. I use it all the time. That's awesome. I've yeah. played it like four times in the last five days at various gigs around town and recording. It records great. I take it to every session that I do now yeah. instead of hauling 
both of these old talking about the woolly coats here. Yeah, yeah the, woolly the, coats. the third power woolly coats. I instead of hauling the old the old black faces, I just take that because it pretty much they kind of do that. I mean, yeah. it's different. It's the Princeton thing, but uh, it's, it's kind of a it's beefy, more. beefy Princeton yeah, kind is. of thing. It yeah. totally is. Um, kind of it kind of sits in the volume realm of me between a deluxe and a Princeton. So and it's it, got a little it reacts more... the pedals a lot like the matchless does yeah. too. I don't know if that's just like a new high quality components thing or 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 what as yeah. opposed to now both of these have been totally recapped by through tone FX, but um, uh, who will be on this podcast in the next couple of couple of days? Uh, so so we're actually going to pause real quick for a few messages from our sponsors. Maybe you. You're listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Want to take your home cooking to the next level? Need new recipe ideas or meal inspiration? Like, follow, and subscribe to Bobby Jam's Kitchen on YouTube and Instagram. At Bobby Jam's Kitchen, cook your food and eat it. interested in an ad spot or supporting this podcast please contact us at gear and beer podcast at gmail.com through our patreon page or message us through our instagram at gear and beer podcast All theme music in this episode is recorded by us, and there will be links provided where available. So, welcome back from the break from all of our illustrious, very supportive sponsors. Um, we were talking about the Ox a little bit, and we were we had talked about we were com- kind of comparing these two amps and saying. Uh, this you said it sounds like a beefy Princeton, which yeah. I think is a great way to describe that. And I and I had said that the way it takes pedals, it was a lot more like the Matchless than it is either of the two vintage black faces. Yeah, yeah. And I was uh, wondering if that just has something to do with the modern build and components, but. I, this has been totally redone, as I said, by Justin Butler, who will yeah. be on the podcast soon. And, I, you know, I understand that they're different components and they're different circuits, so they're just going to sound differently. But To uh, me, I think why these take pedals a little differently, as opposed to, like, a blackface, I think is because of the mids. So I think mid-range kind of, for me, is like a little more... Like a more mid-rangey amp tends to like accept pedals a little better, Interesting. and things seem to kind of wrap around those frequencies better as opposed to when you have this kind of scooped out thing. Yeah, which not all black faces are completely scooped. Some of them have a nice, you know, present Especially mid. With a twin when you've got control. Yeah, but I think having those mids, everything kind of wraps around itself all those frequencies kind of wrap and blend a little better it certainly sits better in a mix with the with the mids which i think is another reason like one of the first things that i noticed about the matchless uh when i first started playing it out was that sound guys were often like man that that thing sits great it doesn't really matter how loud it is it just it just if it's too loud it still somehow sits nicely man i think that's i think that's the mids because if you think about it it's a very mid-rangey amp yeah that's you true know? like which is funny because it's not really what i think about when i think about it yeah i think about the shiny yeah and, you think about the and, pretty stuff that the, you're hearing the, the big beef, tight booty but it's a it's got it's got some substantial mids going gear on. and beer gear and beer <laughs> 
And it is one of my, my favorite amps. I again I I'll never do a session without it. Um I don't play it downtown as much just because it is a fair amount of space and yeah. it's just so loud. I I like this woolly coats. Um I definitely need a Princeton East something, but I mean, plus small is the new big now, right? I oh, mean totally. Like, I mean, I'm playing out of two small amps now, and and it sounds bigger than in my ears. It sounds so big, well, and, and I'm barely totally right. like they're barely on. Like the tweed is like just barely cranked up. We could we could talk, we could play like this and talk over the volume of my tweed, basically. You know what I mean? It, it's loud, but we. How many watts is it? A tweed? I, don't, I think they're only around 15 watts or 15 something. 15 or like 18 that. or something. Maybe like that. somewhere on there. I, I don't know. Do yeah, we, we we were talking about the uh, uh, you were mentioning Boo earlier that you're kind of getting away from that woofy big yeah know, it, tight bottom thing, but but the the part of it is you know you got to think a lot of times you're mic'd now, so you have a mic most of the times right up on your cabinet. Uh, a low frequency a are... bass sine wave yeah. takes. I think it's feet. eleven feet yeah. to even complete the wave, so it doesn't even matter at that point. Especially, I mean, for for you, Boo. I mean, you're playing in uh, arenas and theaters and shit, and you know, it, like well, again, we haven't mic'd, mic'd all the time. We yeah. haven't mic'd in a while because of the ox. We've had the oxes for the last two years oh, now. Okay, and you're and you said which that has the... taken a lot of the guesswork away from because you know the mic placement mic placement every night even no just, matter how well you mark it because normally our, our cabinets would be off stage and even though they're mic'd and we put the tape on we listen and all that still you know even if it's way behind stage still you're going to get bleed of sound going into the mics totally well like with using the like the ox it's like you're getting a mic'd cab but like a perfectly mic'd cab without any yeah you're getting a mic'd any cab of that interference. studio isolation yeah basically pretty awesome it is a great piece of gear um but yeah but back to the even like without the mic situation having that big you know it used to be like you know every guitar player wants to have this you know a big stack with this just monstrous tone and honestly as a working guitar player that's just not what you're that's not what you need it might be fun it is not what you need it's it's not useful it wasn't it was only useful then because they weren't miking like when that became the the sound and like yeah. the, it is a great sound if you can be far enough away from it. But the reason they were yeah. doing that was because the PA systems were so limited that the only way to be heard was to, you know, guys playing arenas had to have enough speakers to fill an arena That's with true, their yeah, guitar yeah. sound. So that. And then you know, when you spend years like emulating those giant guitar sounds. And well, I think the whole thing is being able to get them, uh, you know, not in the box, but like in a small box or yeah. in an ox box. That's, that's the deal. Pushing those amps and getting those big sounds, but shaping them better. And then we can go down the rabbit hole of like giant guitar tones that were actually recorded with tiny little, little amps. Little oh, like Jimmy amps. Page type shit. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. Page or like James gang, like Joe Walsh recording, like, you yeah. know, um, Recording that, I think it was like on a little champ or something. Like, I forget. Was, no, hang on, turn that tiny. up. And give us some volume on that. Hang on, let's turn on this light speed. I want to talk about that in a second. I hope we don't have to pay for that now. No, no, you good. <laughs> I, you know that 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 sound when you listen to that on the record, it's. The biggest, it's the most important thing in the world. That yeah. that guitar tone is so huge, it's so big, it's so nasty, and that was like a tiny little Fender amp, cranked was, up all the way. It was a Princeton, or like a Champ. I think it was smaller than a Princeton. I think it was like a Champ, or I'm not sure of all that line that was, you know. Oh like man, a, I got a I got a Vox AC4 that I track with yeah. all the time. Like that kind of stuff. Sound, yeah. it can sound huge if you mic it right. Tony Pierce plays a uh, a six watt VHT combo. It's like a 110 combo. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Like it, I heard that he brought it to Dan's gig at... Uh, it sounds what amazing. What was that, that little... Pl- I saw yeah. that, and I was like, what is this idiot doing? <laughs> and then and then he mic'd it up, and... I mean, just even just standing in front of it, it sounded amazing. It's louder than you expect. It's not, it's not as loud as this, like... 
Yeah. This is loud enough to do a, a downtown Nashville yeah, gig, sure. which is yeah. which are all way too loud. <laughs> uh, with the exception of one that I did yesterday with, I actually played bass. Billy played drums. Billy Freeman on the drums, and a guy named Jeff Zona on guitar. Have you heard Jeff? No, uh-uh. uh, I know you haven't. Uh, Jeff's a great player, mm-hmm. but like it was a dynamically appropriate gig the entire time. I never needed my earplugs. I didn't. I. I use earplugs or ears on every gig I've ever played downtown because they're they all hurt oh, yeah. my ears. My ears, yeah. I never felt any fatigue at all yesterday. Yeah. It was crazy. So shout out to you, dynamic players. <laughs> um, the, so, well, the the non dynamic players aren't listening. Well, that's so. that's that's huh? true. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Calling himself out, man. You got to keep yourself honest, dude. I appreciate that. Uh, so we were uh you're gonna you were talking about throwing the light speed back on your board the reason that i have a light speed is you're not even gonna believe this but because i heard you play one before (laughs) um and i had one for years and you know i took it off my board and like traveling don't know where it's at loaned it to someone where i don't know where you know just disappear and i'm like you know what i kept missing that sound which which honestly there's so many pedals out there but I can honestly th- say that pedal is like, it doesn't sound unique like and what it does. I can't it has say a, that a certain voice. I know you played a lot of pedals, and you certainly played more pedals than I have, at least recently, looking for them. But uh, of the pedals that I have played, I have never found one that does whatever it is that that one. Oh no, it's something <laughs> unique. Yeah, I mean he he really knocked it out of the park yeah he really did i've played some of his other pedals and they don't i mean they by no means sound bad they sound good uh just they're not uh, that that's like an untouchable pedal at this moment and the other ones are not untouchable in my opinion can we can we maybe get a little a b sure sure play uh maybe maybe not something that we'll have to i'll have to overdub jazz chops but I'm I'm so willing buy, to do that. <laughs> so you want to bypass it first? Yeah. Is that, turn that speaker volume up, woman. Do you turn it down? I did. Oh, me like that. Turn that slap back off. Straight. And we got a little bit of breakup coming from the amp. Yeah, I, I'm I'm running. To, this is actually so something that I. The way the amp not designed to run, I have a 12AT in V1. No, so, this, yeah, yeah. so this channel is lower output. Um, and Where'd you learn that from? Uh, you did that <laughs> to this amp. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. And so yeah, it I, works. Just, I, I just started you know, plugging actually, tubes I learned in that from uh, Austin. Oh, uh, uh, what, Austin what's Morgan from... Uh, Awesome with the hat and yeah, the, Jack Ingram in the oh yeah is he still playing for Jack yeah um man I've talked to that dude forever um he was definitely a serious town hound oh uh, he's definitely a town hound um yeah you made this amp playable when you did that and I yeah that amp had zero headroom that's the no first thing this, <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of was like to put the twelve at seven in it made it into a great amp I used to play this. This through that one twelve was my downtown rig. For no, like we're talking. We're talking about a fifty watt Marshall now. Yeah, <laughs> fifty watt seventy three <laughs> that I actually traded uh, a chieftain to Book for. Yeah, another another Book. He doesn't reference. know me, but I know him. He did one. The first time I ever met Tom Bukovac, I walked into his shop and he made me play a Karina Flying V. Through he jumped up like I was his long lost brother. It's like, dude, that was his, the first thing he ever said to me was, dude. <laughs> he's sitting, he's sitting at his counter. He's got a Coors Light, and I don't know what he's doing because I just walked in. And as soon as I walked in, he sets his beer down and says, "Dude, you've got to check this out." And he gives me this <laughs> Carina Flying V. I forget who built it, awesome. and plugged it into a a Car V6, and it did sound amazing. And I'm like, you know, plinking and plunking and he goes let me see it and he like puts his leg up on this thing and he grabs the guitar and he puts it on his leg and his eyes close and his head goes and I, I shit you not his eyes close and his head goes up and just like as he calls it god's radio just started coming out of this man and that, that was my 
I will never forget that. And then before I left that day, he gave me a recipe for pork shoulder in a crock pot. <laughs> And the right. legend continues. <laughs> I mean, what, he's like uh, he's like Bill Murray of guitar. <laughs> That's the way I'm looking at it. All he's right, AB, this. All right, there. Let's it. hear it. Here we go. With the laser. This is about how I use. It's like it's like a high mid thing that I noticed the most about. Yeah, and it doesn't. Uh, high mids are usually an unpleasant place to boost, but it really works. It or, doesn't close it off. It keeps it open. It adds like a little bit of hair without losing any, without boosting the low end, but without adding anything to the low end. And or, I mean, without can see, kind of see the cutting. settings there. I think. It's kind of a glare, but we're at about one one o'clock on the loudness, about two o'clock on the drive, and about just past noon on the frequency. <laughs> I mean, you have to say, is it off or is it on? So, you know what I mean? It doesn't, like, completely... Yeah. I'm not opposed to a pedal completely changing my tone. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not stomping on something to not change my tone. Totally. <laughs> totally. But it changes it in such a good way. And another pedal that, that I bought because I heard you play is this, uh, this Petty John Chime. Um, keep playing. I'm going to... One of, this is one of my personal favorites. It's a, it's a great pedal. And all the, all the Petty John stuff. Yeah, this is another, like, when you play this pedal, you can tell it's, like, super high quality, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. And I, I, I have the iron, so I'm not sure. Tell me about the chime. Does it have... Uh, does it have the the diode uh, it's got clipping this, it's options? It's got the same clipping options. Okay. Yeah. So what are you, what settings are you on right now? Because the center uh, is I was the, just trying the to least dial in compressed, my, right? Yeah, I was just trying to dial in the sound that I usually use. Uh, in traveling in the case, it's like it, it for whatever reason gets messed up. Yeah, mine does the same. Keep playing that. ears in right That's now true, so I'm, I'm hearing a little bit less hair from yeah, definitely uh, from less the petichon i i don't know how you got it dialed, but obviously the chime is is a little bit less dry than the iron Tones better. And that's kind of like 
most of my overdrive pedals to bring up the the noise floor because I almost I almost always turn it on and roll it back. Yeah. Um. To, yeah, yeah, that's that's important for me. Know, like in a pedal, like to be able to like turn the pedal on. I almost never, if I don't have to, I, I like, should be in able ears to run my guitar wide open ever. Yeah, like I should be able to like turn on whatever pedal I have on my board besides like a fuzz or something extreme. Sure. And be able to run my volume and do any song I need to do. Can you do back off that speaker volume for me? Yeah. Sure. Is that blowing it out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, put it back on three. Was three okay? Three was fine. What you had it at was what? great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, that's so little I'm going to go light speed. And then, this is just how I sound. I'm sure that you would, you could maybe even... I can even see. Like, yeah, it's difficult to see what the volume is like. Yeah, it, the petty. I mean, like, listen to it here. It's punchier. It's a little punchier. It's a little more. I was gonna say a little yeah. more focused, but yeah, yeah. focus. That's a good the gr- word. The Greer kind of like grabs the note. I feel like you get a little, a little, maybe a little more compression out. Let's of play the this one now. Then, like, that, I, that's what I would call my my medium. I, I would yeah. say that's a medium overdrive. That's how I run that. And then stacking those two together, it's like it's big, you know. The light speed is exactly what the full drive doesn't, and so the two together stack really well. Yeah, I got you. And that's another thing that's cool about the light speed and the chime is stacking them together. Pretty, the full oh, drive's a little noisy. That sound good that in the ears? The, the full drive tends to be a little like noisier with power and stuff, whereas yeah. the light speed and the petty and the petty jump, they don't seem to have that at all. Is that bugging when we're playing and talking at the same time? Is that no? Okay, uh-uh. you're good. Okay, um, yeah, man. That's what that's... I do when my wife talks. I tend to just play. <laughs> She's like, "Are you even listening?" Shout out to Dina. <laughs> Um, so, uh, just real quick, tell, tell me what else you've got on your board. Yeah. So you guys, uh, we're, we're filming this in April. Um, I don't know when I'll release it. Maybe never. Um, but you guys are about to play like 11 nights in a row at Billy Bob's, (laughs) um, three shows a night. Like, like four, actually four nights in a row and then a week off and then. Two more nights. Two more. Yeah. So Are right. you really doing like three shows a night? No. No. Oh, okay. I was just trying to be. Able to be <laughs> I was being superlative. Excuse me. Um, so what what's going to be on your board? Um, let's see. Let me remember. Timeline. The H nine, which right now yeah. I have yet to program it, so it's just a tremolo at this point. Hey. <laughs> it's a tremolo with ninety nine other sounds. <laughs> but I'll be using the tremolo. They should have called it an H ninety nine. Uh. I have the the big petty John that has the iron and the chime. Oh, the iron, yes, right. We just talked about that a minute ago. Uh, I have the Mythos pedal, the Mythos oh, the Klon, Mjolnir. the Mjolnir. Mjolnir. I have one of those. Those are Which those are great. One of my my favorite Klon. I've never I, I've played one Klon, which was Chad Clifford's Klon. That's the one that I. That's played. the only one I've played. Uh, actually, that's not true. That's not the only one I played. That's the only one I've ever played that I liked the way it sounded. Man, I've got yeah. an archer. That thing is is killing. I have an well. archer. I have an archer too, but I meant it, I can't. I don't know which one I prefer. The gold or the silver? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I prefer the the mythos or the oh, archer, but both saying. of them are, are I, really good. I find the mythos to be a little more compressed sounding than oh, really? the. I, I have the silver. The silver archer. Oh yeah, I have the gold archer. Okay. And I know they're different. I just don't. I've never compared them. Yeah. I have but I, I love. I love my. Uh, the mythos it's awesome i remember the, the oddly enough what i remember about the archer is how heavy it felt in my hand yeah those things are bulletproof man it's interesting uh all those i, I appreciate a good bulletproof heavy product because i i told somebody the story this other day uh a buddy of mine had i don't think he has it anymore but he used to have guthrie traps old c30 oh, okay. which had like a weird tolex it was like 
felt like bedliner or something. It was weird. <laughs> um, we were loading into this gig in Chicago, and he opened the the back of his uh, Tahoe or uh, it was Escalade, is what it was, and he had just set it in there on top. Oh, of I was like, there when this happened. Were you there? Yeah, for that? Oh, I was there. It was the back of a uh, Bub yeah, City. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was in the alley behind Bub City in uh, River North area of Chicago, and he or I opened the back to get guitars out. Yeah. There's guitars and luggage and like a bunch of other stuff because he's a total slob, slob, and um, <laughs> it just it fell from. Four and a half feet. It just tumbled out into the alley. He didn't even check to see that the tubes were seated. He just proceeded to play four hours on it without just plugged it in and played it. Didn't have any That's issues. Awesome. So there's there's something to the bulletproof build that was a yeah. a testament to well, that. Well, if you look at the inside of one of those things, they same thing with like pretty. the third power. I, I haven't seen the inside of many amps. I'm not you know one of those guys, but sure, we're gonna have some of those guys on soon. Yeah, which I love those guys, but. Are these, uh, is the Wooly Coats, uh, is that a hand-wired amp? I know the yeah. C30 yeah, yeah. is. Yeah. They are, yeah. They okay, definitely sure. are. Definitely hand-wired. Delana builds great Delana, stuff. Yeah, Delana is. The Dreamweaver, uh, the other one ear. that I've played, uh, a buddy of mine, my, uh, had something, something go down. I think it was the Pro, um, e- either way, my buddy was, had just played before me and he's like, use this. And I said, Man, lifesaver! Thank you. And I was yeah. like, "Oh my god!" And it feels the same as my Matchless. Yeah, this is not going to be the worst gig I've ever played. <laughs> um, well, Boo, I think it's probably pretty close to wrapping this up. Okay. Um, You're not going to let me finish going through my pedal board? Oh, you never even finished. Man. <laughs> Jeez. I, I the only thing what, I was too what shy. Kind of producing is going on over here. Uh, we are running short on time, though. I so. have. Okay, real quickly, I have the ODR one Noble. Shout out to Nobles. Woo-woo. Oh, you don't you yeah. have the new one? I, I do have the, the new B one. The B or is it ODR one? I think it's still the ODR one. But it has the, the base it control. Yeah, it's still ODR one. Yeah, it's, yeah, but I think the base control is like internal. I haven't messed with it. So you got uh, one of those? Yeah. Okay. How do you like that? I'm, I mean. Yeah, I love it. you haven't used the bass control, I guess. I haven't touched the bass okay, control. Okay. It seems right. it seems like if anything, I might back it off a little bit. Mm. The, 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 the fenders take it way better than the matchless does. The matchless, it's a it ends up being like way too much low end. Oh, okay. For my for my. Day. So what comes after that? Um, what so it goes uh, from guitar. Roger Mayer Octavia is my first one. I had a compressor there for it, but I, I only use compressor when I'm playing slide, and I don't play slide very much at, at this point. Fair enough. Then the ODR one. You don't have to be in a hurry, by the way. Then the chime, uh, chime iron. Iron chime, yeah. yeah. Then the I have a Boeing reverb, rocket pedal Boeing, oh, yeah. which is probably my favorite, at this point, my favorite pedal reverb. I remember, I, and I won't say what pedal you were using before, but I remember that you said that front of house guys loved it when you switch to that yeah and they were like this thing something's not another bad. another j rocket pedal yeah that's another yeah. j rocket yeah, pedal totally. the boeing's awesome pedal uh, then i was using a a full tone tremolo oh the, the super, super trim. trim yeah amazing tremolo stereo pedal right yeah and then i just switched that out for the which it might go back in i might put it back in and have the h9 oh yeah that's right but right now i'm using a small board and i didn't have much room and then totally. a, a timeline yeah that's for a delay, big which, footprint for sure i know there's a lot do you have of, a midi controller for the timeline yet or that's what you're I saying you're that's going what's going to happen next year is the, yeah the that h9 in the in the timeline are both midi and um, i do have an expression pedal for the timeline which is very useful Okay. So really? I'll, what I'll okay. do is I'll you just I'll set just it set to change anything that you want right i'll set the the bottom for most of my patches i have the bottom set for no delay or a tiny bit of delay or whatever whatever so my settings are like and a then blend knob, as, I, as i go up i'll increase the mix that's what i usually use the, or the okay the mix knob the mix i just use it as a mix knob that makes total well sense. a mix and a repeat knob at the same time you can set it to do you a can set them both yeah so that's the end of your signal chain in terms of pedals Yes, that's the very okay. end, yeah. And then you're running to what uh, What I, two amps? The, tamp, running, the Tyler I'm Tweed? I'm running through to uh, a Tyler Princeton and a Tyler Tweed, basically. Okay. So I'm trying to be Mike Campbell. 
<laughs> if I could just be a pimple on the ass of Mike Campbell, I would be very happy. After Mike Campbell watches this episode, he's going to call you for those lessons that you told me you started teaching. <laughs> yeah. He is. Mike, just uh, hit me up. I'll get you connected. Um, well, uh, man, honored to be the first guest. Well, I couldn't think of someone more fitting, but I do have one more quick question. Oh, yeah. Um, man, many questions. You didn't bring you. this guitar with you. But yeah, your tech builds guitars. Are these guitars going to be available for public purchase? Uh, I believe they are. We can put a link in the description. We'll do that. So we are going to wrap this up. This is Jerry Boo Massey, best person that's ever lived. And I'm Robert Miller. Thanks for changing. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Gear and Beer. Lyndon McCarty on Guitarty, twisting and tweaking. Uh, at Gear and Beer Podcast. Peace out. Here are some outtakes. Enjoy a few chuckles at our expense. Welcome to Gear and Beer. No. 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 Featuring the illustrious Gary Boo Master. Illuminous <laughs> featuring the Illuminati member Boo Mess. <laughs> featuring. Featuring. <laughs> T of Vicksburg, Mississippi. That's right. That's where he was in born, was, is, and is, was. <laughs> You've only wasted a minute and thirty of our time. Here we go. No pressure. Well, first of all, I've wasted well more. <laughs> and I'm nowhere near done. All right. Uh. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gear and Beer Podcast. Make sure you follow and subscribe on any platform you're consuming this podcast through. And check out the video episodes on YouTube for more in-depth content. Thanks again for hanging with us. And as the old gray wolf always says, stay hard, keep jamming, and we'll see you.